Stories move hearts and hearts move impact. Slingshot Stories. 10 to 15 minute episodes built around what we believe to be really practical key areas of impact that are going to help you grow in your understanding of what impact is and how you can accomplish it. Everybody's on planet Earth for a reason. Find your sweet spot, get off the bench, and get in the game. Welcome to this episode of Slingshot Stories. I'm your host, Ed Gellantine, and I'm here again with Jared Barnett. Jared, welcome. Thanks. We're going to talk about effective mentorship today. And uh, in these slingshot stories, since we only got 15 minutes, let's just dive right in. Talk about why mentorship is so important to you and what you guys at Slingshot have seen uh, empirically about how that's helping. Yeah, so I think mentoring has two kind of primary things it can fulfill. One is it can provide additional support for youth you know, who may need additional support on top of what they can get in their home or what they can get in school. And so it, it helps put the pieces together for a lot of these youth and just give them that extra extra support, that extra ability to deal with life. And then the second part is it really helps open the aperture uh, of what's possible for youth, right? And so if I'm only going to see what I see in my household or in my school or in my friend group, uh, I'm limited right around what that opens me up to. But when I have mentors who are willing to work with me, they can help me understand a whole different world that may exist that might be outside of what I can just see right in front of my face. You know, one of the cool things about mentorship, I think, at least from my perspective, is it it's important across the spectrum, right? Whether, you know, we recently talked about um, the juvenile um, um, justice system, we've talked about job creation, everything. Um, but when you talk about pathways out of poverty, which is sort of our theme, that goes across every, uh, every bit of the spectrum. Absolutely. I mean, I'll, I, I'll look at it. I can refer to mentors who have helped me end up where I'm in this spot that I'm in today and have the opportunities that I had that had they not been there, I don't know if I'd be in this spot without them, right? And so whether you've got, you know, no income, <laughs> low income, middle income, it, there's value in having someone who's more experienced than you helping you manage life and manage the things that you just don't know you don't know. And I think it's even more uh, empowering, though, when you have less resources to start, because making a mistake, you know, for me, would have not been as as damaging for people who have less opportunity, right? They may only get a shot or two to, right. to get on that pathway out of poverty at a certain age. And a mentor can help maximize those opportunities because they can provide that, again, that support, that coaching, uh, that perspective that, that, Often as youth, we all struggle to have. Sure, sure. And perspective is important. I think feel like we say it every episode. Like, if you can't see a way out, it is really tough to get out. It's almost like wandering around in a, in a dark room. And I know I had the same experience with people that mentored me. Um, and for some reason, I have no idea uh, why I knew it was important, but I didn't really know a lot of people. So I just would walk up. And ask people, you know, could I have coffee with you? And I had two or three questions. I would always ask them. Um, I remember doing it with uh, with Mayor Harrington. I still have a list of ten people that I want to go meet with, and I want to ask them questions. Uh, there's so much you can learn from people, and most of them, I feel like, want to share that with you. Um, talk about how good mentorship works, and then we may talk about how we've seen less than good mentorship work. Yeah, I, I think the reality is that most mentorship that we've observed isn't very effective. 
and so it's it's disappointing. I think there's a lot of good intent. People care. But the reality is that there have to be some certain things in place in order for it to really be meaningful and make a difference. And it, and surprising to me is that the single most important factor we found in effective mentoring is the relationship between the mentor and mentee. It wasn't what was the training or profession a certain mentor the book had. You read, whatever. It wasn't you know how did you like you know do some sort of matching. It was really just that there was a relationship between the mentor and mentee that went beyond just. I was told to work with you or to be your mentor or mentee, but it right. goes deeper than that. That, surprisingly, has just as, as much impact, that strength of relationship, as having someone go through academic tutoring right, or academic mentorship. And so it was, it's mind-boggling that the research shows that the relationship piece can lead to as much or more academic improvement for someone uh, than having an academic-focused mentor. It's interesting you say that. There's an old adage in my head. I have no idea where it came from, but I heard it my entire life. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care, yeah. right? And that's, that is that concept. Be the smartest person in the world, but if you don't really care or the mentee doesn't get the sense that you care, it's just not going to be as effective. Talk about uh, how you can have a program that fosters that relationship versus what we see a lot of times. Well, you know, you're an alumni of this school, so you need to hook up with this person. The, the two biggest factors I'd say is is the time spent and the duration spent, right? And it can all kind of be summarized probably into those two things. So if, if you are a mentor and you talk to somebody once in six months or a year, that's not going to be very influential for that that youth or, or person, right? If you are meeting with them, and it's, the research would suggest that you want to try and have a period of meeting at least three or four times per month for at least a five-month period, that is something that really leads to more transformative power of mentorship is having that, uh, that frequency and duration. Uh, and then other things that are really powerful here is being flexible, right? So how do you be thoughtful that you're not meeting in the same place, the same time, doing the same thing, but you have some flexibility to say, hey, let's go to this location this time, or let's do this activity. Uh, having, you know, whatever organizations helping provide the mentorship, having them provide a curated list of, of things to do and choose from, right? So if you leave it up to the mentor and mentee, life happens, you get busy, you're like, oh, I got this mentor meeting tonight, I didn't have time to really prepare, but if I have kind of a pre-baked list of things to choose from, it's like, oh, great, it takes out the time and effort, and I can still make sure I'm doing something that will be helpful for that, that youth. Um, and then the other thing that I think is really powerful here is that to be a good mentor requires some training. Right. You can't just wake up and say, I'm a good mentor today, and, and, and go give that youth the best that they could have otherwise. There needs to be some coaching, some training around how to be a mentor uh, in order to make sure you're doing that as effectively as that youth could otherwise have if they had a mentor who had been trained. I think it's fascinating. You mentioned right off the bat the time and the duration, right? It, it feels a lot like uh, parenting children, right? And <laughs> this idea that it's all about quality time. My experience is you don't get to the quality time without the quantity of time because you can be sitting with your child. I'm, I'm thinking of my son, and we're going to watch uh, How to Train a Dragon 45 times, and I'm just kind of hanging out there with him. But somewhere in the middle of that is going to come an insightful question or something that he's wrestling with. But I have to be prepared to watch How to Train a Dragon 45 times before it really comes. you got to put that time in. There's got to be some level of duration. Um, and and um, that's where it, I think, starts to get um, really powerful. I also think you mentioned sort of pre-baked. Like if you can give mentors kind of, th this is a rough trajectory, 
I mean, how many times have you been in a conversation with a younger person or with someone that came to you for advice and you kind of get going, but then you're telling your stories, right? That's what matters. Not that you're talking about yourself all the time, but most people that I met with, with my infamous three question list that I used to take, uh, and I also would ask them for a book, um, that they had read, but, um, they want you to learn from their mistakes. I definitely want younger people, anybody to learn from my mistakes. There's plenty of mistakes to be made. The sooner we can make them, the better for all of us, right? But don't make the same one twice. Amen. In the break, you and I were talking a little bit about uh, how uh, churches do mentoring because uh, we both kind of come from that faith background, and, and, and it's super powerful. But it can also get super screwed up, right, um, where you have people in positions of power just kind of hammering things. Mentorship is, uh, it's, you've touched on it, it's relational. Um, you want to have knowledge, right? That gives you credibility. Uh, I'm a good financial nerd, so younger financial nerds give me a certain amount of credibility. But that's where it stops, right? They want me to talk to them about, you know, what's really going on and how they can learn from it. Um, but what are some things that, uh, that, that you've seen in sort of the mentoring world, mentoring space, that you would say, beware of these one or two things? Um, expecting the youth to react the way you would react to a situation <laughs> is one, right? Like, yeah. And especially if it's a more diverse arrangement, uh, they may not have any clue what your childhood was like, and therefore they're going to react dramatically different. That doesn't mean it's it's a good or bad experience for that youth, but you know, being mindful that they're going to respond differently to how you might have responded to that situation. Um, a lot of people, I think, are quick to write someone off, and and I think if you look at if we think about this in the context of poverty, a lot of the youth that are dealing with poverty have gone through some pretty um, painful, traumatic experiences through their childhood. Uh, even I mean, being and poverty is a traumatic experience because you might be going to bed hungry. You might have to be moving a lot, and therefore your friendships are very you know, transient because they only last for so long until you move to the next place. There's a variety of things that could, um, could lead to that. And so I think you know, being quick to write someone off versus just being patient and giving it time to build, to your point, that relationship uh, is really powerful. And I think the other thing that I'd watch out for is um, conditions. Right, so this idea that uh, you know you expect them to do something as a result of that, you know, and it, it's a, almost a mandate instead of an invitation. I think some of the most powerful mentoring is where the youth feels like the the, the things that are shared are invitations that the mentor is sharing with them versus mandates or I won't be your friend anymore if you don't do this right. kind of arrangements. That just undermines that relational piece of it. But when it's an invitation from someone that you've built a relationship with, that you've learned to trust, that you start to gain admiration for, that's so much more powerful than, you know, thou shalt do this, or I'm not going to be your friend anymore and stop this if you don't do this. Right. And, uh, you know, I've, I, that was kind of the background I came from. You know, if, if you've got connected with old, this older, wiser person, they're going to give you a list of stuff to do and you need to go do them and sort of report back. And I guess there, there is a, a part of that. But you got to have that relationship. Um, and you know what I've found um, in any mentoring relationship or discipleship relationship that I've had? I've always learned from the person that I'm supposed to be helping. Have you found that to be true? So, Ed, I'm so glad you brought that up. Uh, to me, I think that's one of the powerful, powerful aspects of mentoring is it's two-sided. Right? And when it's done well, it always feels that way. Right. And it's not just this, I'm going to be charitable and go help this you know, youth or this person who's experiencing poverty that I can be with. But you take something away from it that is 
it becomes a part of you, right? And you learn from them. Uh, and I think when you embrace mentorship in that way of saying, hey, this youth has something that I'm going to learn from and take from it, just like I'm going to be the one to share something that hopefully helps this youth, that uh, environment, that that framing for that youth is so powerful versus saying, I know everything or I'm the one who's bringing everything to this. Right. The youth is going to take, 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 but not give. The, the most powerful mentorship arrangements are ones where the person who's the mentor often has a more <laughs> a more powerful experience in many cases than the youth, um, or at least an equally powerful experience. Yeah. Oh, I think you're right. I, I think most of the time I get way more out of it than anybody that I'm supposedly trying to help. It's interesting, too. Like You can't fake your passion and your heart to help. Like You just can't fake it. And, and when you're in a mentoring relationship, people can pick up on that. They can pick up if you're doing a favor or whatever. It's got to come from the heart. It does. And unfortunately, the kids are so good they at really are. picking out the phonies and the insincerities. And uh, and that leaves an impression, right? And, and you know, that, that they, they'll see that. And if they see that with enough people, they start to form an opinion about, well, hey, all people like this aren't really authentic or you know, are just doing this for some reason. And so I think it's important among all of us to be thoughtful about the impact our actions have on on youth, again, regardless of socioeconomic status, regardless of race and gender and all these other things, um, we have an obligation, I think, as adults to really try and help in a way that they need it, not necessarily the way that I might have needed it you know, when I was a youth. Yeah, well said, well said. As we land the plane, I want to encourage our listeners to, you hear us say a lot, get in the game, right? This is something you absolutely can get in the game, and you can do it in an area that you love. If it's public transportation that we did an episode on, if it's um, juvenile, the juvenile legal system, um, I'm looking across the street at Sweet Lala's Bakery. If it's learning, if you love to bake, right? There are people you can pour into, and and I would just add sort of this reminder of something that that Jared said earlier. Sort of don't go into it with conditions. When we're talking about people in generational poverty, and I think it is fair to say you can insert the word slash generational poverty slash trauma, sometimes the most powerful thing you can do is just sit with them, just be with them, share a meal with them, a coffee at Starbucks, a cookie at Sweet Lala's, of which we've already consumed a fair amount today. But I'll just close with this. Don't put it off. Get in the game and get in the game today. Thanks for listening. Until next time, all the best. Thank you for listening. We love your feedback, so please let us know what you thought about this episode as well as what you'd like to hear more of in the future. For more information, impact resources, or to purchase a copy of the book, Journey to Impact, visit edgillentine.com. That's E-D-G-I-L-L-E-N-T-I-N-E.com. The book is also available through Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or Target.com. For Ed Gillentine speaking inquiries or advertising opportunities, send us an email at ajourneytoimpact at gmail.com. This has been a presentation of the Journey to Impact podcast team. Executive producer, Ed Gillentine. Produced and edited by Joey Woodruff. Special thanks to Stephen Chandler. Mm-hmm.